0: Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey BrainStuff, I'm Lauren Vogelbaum and today's episode is another classic from our archives. This one deals with the difficult subject of teen cyberbullying and the perhaps at first glance strange phenomenon of teens who create fake accounts to bully themselves online. Hi BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Today's episode deals with the subject of self-harm. Go on and skip it if you'd prefer and take care of yourself, okay? When 14-year-old Hannah Smith from Leicestershire, England, tragically took her life in 2013, her family cited months of relentless cyberbullying via the web app Ask.fm. But when investigators dug deeper, they discovered something even more devastating. 98% of the abusive messages were sent by Hannah herself. It's called self-cyberbullying or digital self-harm, the act of setting up fake social media accounts to post hurtful messages about yourself. And while it sounds bizarre, why would anyone, especially a struggling adolescent, want to bully themselves online, it's much more common than previously thought. According to a 2016 national survey of 12 to 17-year-olds, 7.1% of boys and 5.3% of girls said that they had anonymously posted mean messages about themselves. Samir Hinduja is co-director of the Cyberbullying Research Center and a professor of criminology and criminal justice at Florida Atlantic University. He conducted the digital self-harm study with Cyberbullying Research Center co-director Justin Patchen, a professor of criminal justice at the University of wisconsin Claire. Hinduja and Patchen chose the term digital self-harm, as opposed to self-cyberbullying or self-trolling, to draw attention to possible connections between this destructive online behavior and traditional self-harming acts like cutting, burning, or hitting oneself. According to the latest figures, between 13 and 18% of adolescents worldwide report to committing at least one self-harming act. And more alarmingly, among young adults with a history of self-harming behaviors, 70% attempt suicide at least once, and 55% make multiple suicide attempts. The researchers wanted to see whether there might be a link between online self-harm and these negative behaviors. Their study represents the first comprehensive look at digital self-harm among adolescents, and their results were published in the Journal of Adolescent Health. On the surface, digital self-harm looks like other instances of cyberbullying. The victim receives threatening or abusive posts on social media or via text messages saying, unfortunately, common internet insults along the lines of, you're ugly and nobody likes you or you should just kill yourself. But the truth is that the victim is also the perpetrator, directing the abuse at themselves through behavior that's at once a call for help and a cry for attention. As part of Hinduja and Patchen's study, which analyzed email responses from a nationally representative sample of 5,593 adolescents, the researchers asked young teens to share reasons why they had sent themselves bullying messages. Some of the kids, mostly boys, said that they were just bored and thought it was funny. But more than half of those who admitted to cyberbullying themselves indicated that other people were the real audience or expressed some message of self-hate. A 14-year-old boy from Wisconsin wrote that he wanted other people's pity and wanted to be validated that someone did actually care about me. Another boy indicated that posting abusive messages about himself might rally a supporting online community around him. Quote, everyone is going to have moments in their lives hating themselves. Sometimes it helps posting about it online. The internet might be a terrible place, but there are tons of people around the world who are willing to help you, he wrote. In general, Hinduja says, boys in the survey were more likely to have participated in digital self-harm as a joke, while girls were more likely to do it as an expression of what the researchers called deep-seated emotional turmoil. Teens who identified as LGBTQ were three times more likely to cyberbully themselves, and kids who were cyberbullied by others were 12 times more likely to later train the abuse on themselves. As one 16-year-old girl wrote on her survey, After this happened at school and online, I became very depressed. I didn't like myself very much. I felt like I deserved to be treated this way, so I thought I would get in on the fun. The researchers say that this kind of self-harming and self-hating behavior seems completely irrational from a psychological standpoint, that it's actually a classic example of what are called maladaptive coping mechanisms. When coping with depression or abuse, Hinduja says... Adults do the same sort of thing. Sometimes we indulge in alcohol or drugs, use smoking as a crutch, engage in reckless behavior and reckless choices, sexual or otherwise. The researchers stress that much more study needs to be done in order to understand the extent of digital self-harming behaviors and their underlying causes, but that it's important for parents, teachers, and law enforcement to understand that it exists and to not assume that abusive and disturbing posts necessarily originated from outside cyberbullies. Organizations like the CyberSmile Foundation and To Write Love on Her Arms not only offer support for people who struggle with depression, self-harming behavior, and cyberbullying, but provide volunteer opportunities to spread messages of positivity and support online. Today's episode was written by Dave Ruse and produced by Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klein. If you or someone you know is struggling, check out the sources we mentioned in this episode or Google for other help in your area. I probably don't know you, but I think you're rad. And for more on this and lots of other mental health topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.